How you doing today? Hey, it's good to see you. So glad that you were here this morning. Uh, if you're here for the very first time, or if you're watching online for the first time, we especially welcome you. Uh, we recognize there are a lot of great churches in the valley. We're just honored you'd be here with us today. But if you have any questions and you're in the house today, uh, out that set of doors, out in the lobby, there is an info center. There's some really nice people there who'd love to answer your questions. And really, they'd like to just meet you one-on-one and let you know how glad we are that you were here today. So thank you for joining us. We want to get connected with you and do life with you. Can we put our hands together and welcome our first-time guest today? going to continue our series and actually we're going to finish the series today we're talking about being devoted devoted we're going to look at acts chapter 2 just one verse there and then a little bit later we're going to turn to matthew chapter 6 we'll have the verses on the screen we've been talking about the early church the birth of the early church from acts chapter 2 and in doing this teaching this series we've looked at four topics or today we're looking at the fourth topic because on the day of pentecost literally thousands of people came and said we want to follow jesus we believe he's the son of god we accept him as savior we want him to become the lord of our lives what do we do they were told to repent and be baptized and then acts 242 want you to read it with me Acts 2.42, it tells us what happened next in the early church. It says, they continued steadfastly. They continued steadfastly. One translation says, they devoted themselves. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. We talked about the teaching of the apostles. In their fellowship, we talked about the fellowship. In the breaking of bread, and last week, Pastor Zach shared a great message on the breaking of bread and the new lifestyle. And then today, we're going to conclude this series. It says they continued in prayers. They continued in prayers. It's a plural word, and there's a lot of different opinion from different scholars of exactly what was meant there. But we do know in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17... We're instructed to pray without ceasing so that our lives are consumed with a lifestyle of prayer. We pray not just a prayer and then go back and talk to God three or four months later. We continually have conversations with God and talk about what's going on in life. So today in diving into this topic, and I'm going to move quickly for a little while until we get to the end of the message the first part of this message, I just really want to ask you, why, why do we not pray? Why do people not pray? Now, I don't want to keep going over this and over this. I've been doing this a long time because I started when I was a little kid. All right? Been pastoring, been in ministry a lot of years, and I've learned a lot of things. But one of the great challenges believers have is really learning and understanding prayer. Why do we not pray? Well, for one, one reason, I'll give you two or three reasons. One reason is a lot of us have been taught from the time we accepted Christ. Now, this is a discipline. You have to learn how to pray. You have to start praying. You have to talk to God regularly. And because we made it a discipline instead of a delight, a lot of people have just kind of backed away like, uh, I don't need one more discipline in my life. Another reason 
A lot of us don't pray because we don't really think it's going to make a difference. And that's a whole other topic, but it ties in here. Another reason is we're intimidated because we think we don't know how to pray. You see, most of us, when we start following Christ, we go to church and we listen to the pastors or whoever's involved in leading the service. We listen to them pray public prayers that are consuming everybody in the building. And we think, well, I, I have to learn to pray like that. I remember when I was a kid going to church that we had some older pastors in the church not middle-aged like me, really old guys, and they would pray in church, and they would, oh, thou most holy God out in thee somewhere out there. And they'd get finished with all this stuff, and it's like, I I can't do that. So we thought that's how you pray, and we were never really taught how to pray. To listen to them, it was just intimidating. But here's what I want you to recognize today. The same disciples that followed Jesus who became What Acts 2.42 calls the apostles who led the early church. One day, along with Jesus, they said, Jesus, would you teach us to pray? John taught his disciples to pray. We watch you pray. Sometimes you go out and spend all night with your father. Teach us to pray. You see, they weren't looking for discipline. They weren't looking for some kind of religious exercise to get God's approval in their lives, they were looking for God's help. And that's what prayer is all about. It's talking to God, asking for his help with the things that we cannot provide and do for ourselves. So moving quickly this morning, number one, what is prayer? What is prayer? In the most simple terms, prayer is a word that's become a religious word That really talks about having communication with God. Prayer is communication with God. Those early church apostles, before they were known as apostles, when they were disciples, they actually asked Jesus, Jesus, would you teach us how to have conversations with God? We don't know how to talk with God. You see... You might sit there today and say, okay, that's those guys back then, the Bible days, but are you telling me I can really have conversations with God? And I'm here to tell you, absolutely, you can have conversations with God. You can talk with God. But you know, prayer can be difficult for a lot of us learning to pray, especially. It's difficult. Well, why is that? Well, I'm talking to God. However you see him and define him. I'm talking to the God of the universe, the only God, the true God. I'm talking to the final authority in everything. And God can be so big and so holy and so overwhelming that sometimes it intimidates us and we're afraid to talk to him. Another reason is prayer can be difficult because I can't see who I'm talking to. My wife She's in the other room this morning in a meeting, so I can say this. Don't anybody tell you I told her this, I told you this, okay? Because I, I will have to live with it this week. But my wife is famous for walking into the room and talking to me while I'm watching something on TV, something important. I mean, they're shooting people, they're blowing stuff up, and I'm in consumed, and she starts talking real loud, and I'm turning it up, turning it up, turning it up, trying to take, and she will look at me and say, look at me and listen to me. 
Sometimes it's hard to talk to God because he's not sitting there. You can't look at him and see his expressions. Also, prayer can be difficult because for a lot of us, it seems like, well, I talked to him a couple times, but he didn't talk back to me. I didn't hear anything. So what's the point? You see, actually, prayer is talking with God. It's not talking to God. It's talking with him. But also, evidently, based on Scripture, from what the disciples asked for what they did in the early church, we can learn to pray. Friend, look at me today. I'm telling you, you can learn to talk to God. If you take all the religious edge off it, if you make it very practical and honest based on Scripture, you can learn to talk with God. So what it says in Acts 2.42, it says, they devoted themselves to da-da-da-da-da-da and prayers. I want to paraphrase that a little bit. What it really says to us today is, they devoted themselves to learning to pray. They devoted themselves to learning to pray. So why pray? Why pray? Well, first of all, most prominently because God answers prayers. God responds to prayer. Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus therefore said to them, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. Jesus himself said, God will answer your prayers. But notice, God wants us to talk with him. When Jesus talked about prayer, he didn't say if you pray. He said when you pray. So he's assuming that those who will follow him will also want to talk to our Father in heaven. So that is an invitation to you and me to say, okay, I want to learn to have conversations with God. I want to learn how to do this. I want God involved. Because you see, God has given each of us authority, which authority always translates to responsibility. God has given each of us the authority and the responsibility over our own lives. You have responsibility over yours. I have responsibility over mine. I have free will to do what I choose. But God is waiting for people who will say, I don't want to do this by myself. God, I need your help. And when they ask for God's help, God shows up. See, a lot of us, we want to say, okay, God, I just came to you. I'm, I want to follow Jesus. So for the rest of my life, I ask you to be with me and help me and let everything be good. Amen. And I'll talk to you when I get to heaven. But that's really not what God wants for our lives. He wants us to learn to communicate with him. Did you know life is so much better when God's involved in it? It's better when God's involved. And prayer opens the door. Prayer is an invitation to God to get involved in every area of our lives. And I want to go back to this and say it a little differently. Prayer is not a discipline. Prayer is a divine difference maker. And if I can learn that and understand it and apply it to my life and begin to approach God this way, I can begin to see God answer prayers and do amazing things in my life. In times of prayer, God breathes his unlimited knowledge and ability into our limited knowledge and ability. 
In times of prayer, what God has that is so great, he pours into us, even though sometimes we are so weak. Even Jesus, about to go to the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane, went to pray and get alone with the Father. Even when the weight upon him was so great that his sweat began to ooze blood, even when there was so much pressure on him to move forward to the cross, he looked to the Father for strength and help. Jesus needed the Father's help. I need the Father's help too. But I need to invite his help into my life. So, how do we pray? How do we pray? We're going to look at Matthew chapter 6. We're going to do this in such a simple way because prayer is so difficult for so many people. I want to make it as simple as possible. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to begin at verse number 9 in just a moment. When the disciples said to Jesus, teach us how to talk with God. Teach us how to have those conversations. You get alone with God, you talk to God, you come back, and then amazing things happen. Teach us how to have those kinds of conversations with God. So Jesus taught them how to talk with God. Now, what I'm going to do the next few minutes, I'm going to break this into four easy pieces. Okay, I'm going to summarize it, four easy pieces. If you're a note taker, take notes. If you're not a note taker, take notes. Okay? It's that simple. I mean, if you look at this and understand it, it becomes that simple. Why does God want me to talk with him? What is it he wants to be involved with? Well, let's read it. Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 9. The verses will be on the screen. Jesus says, in this manner or in this way, therefore pray. He said, this is how I want to teach you to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one or from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Which means, so be it. All right? Now, when I was a young minister, I listened to some tapes from a conference, a a prayer conference. And back in the day, there was a man named Paul Yonggi Cho who had, at that time, the biggest church in the world. Had about 100,000 members in Seoul, Korea. They had this place called Prayer Mountain, and every weekend, people would go up there, and hundreds of people would pray all night long on the weekends, and this church just kept growing and exploding, and amazing things were happening. So they began to invite Dr. Cho around the world to come talk about prayer. And so they asked him in one of these conferences, how do you pray? You spend hours in prayer. Your people spend hours and hours and hours. They pray all night long for several hours. How do you do that? And he said, I pray the Lord's Prayer. And they said, well, we can do that in 30 seconds. He said, I pray it very slowly. 
You see, Jesus, a lot of us say, okay, every morning I'm going to get out of bed. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. There it is. I talked to God. That's not what Jesus was teaching. He was trying to tell us, here are four important things that you need to understand about conversations with God. So let me, let me get into it. Every conversation that we have has a beginning and has an ending. Okay? The Lord's Prayer that we call it here, it has a beginning and it has an ending. So I'll touch on those quickly, but I want to show you four things in the middle. If I go meet someone for coffee and I walk in the door and I see them, the first thing I do is I walk up and shake their hand and say, hey, Fred, how you doing? Hey, Gary, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. How's life treating you? We have a brief moment of conversation where we recognize each other and we open up our lives to each other. It's the same with God. Jesus said, when you pray, start with this recognition of who you're talking to, and who you are. He said, pray this way. Our heavenly Father. I love the word our, O-U-R. Our heavenly Father. Not your heavenly Father, not his heavenly Father, not just hers. He's all of our Father. All of us together. He is our Father. Put our lives together, each one of us individually. We are his children. Can I tell you something? God is just as much my father as he is your father. Now, some of you expect me to say that the other way around. Oh, but you're the pastor. I want him to be my father. No, it's the other way around. He's just as much my father as he is your father. And I am just as much a child as God as you are a child of God. So I need to understand, he paid the price to bring me into this family. I believed and put my faith in him, so I have the right, as Scripture says, to draw near to him to this throne of grace where his heart is open and he wants to have conversations with me about what's going on in my life. I have that right just as much as any other child of God. So do you. So recognize who you're talking to, who he is, and who you are. Something else that's really important. I better not tell that story. I'm going to run out of time. Come to second service. I'll do it then, okay? I'll have more time. If I recognize who God is and I recognize who I am, it positions me to open my heart and for him to understand what I'm asking for. So, four things. Number one. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. You start with praise. The next part, first, first piece of this is submission. Submission. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Father, I want your kingdom and your will to be done in my life. See, one of the things that keeps us away from God is we have a will and we don't want to submit it to him. We want to do life our own way. All throughout Scripture, you see it. All around you, people you know, you see it. No, 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 no. I don't want God telling me what to do. I don't want to do it God's way. I want to do it my way. But when I come to God, Jesus said, the first thing you need to do is submit and say, God, I believe you have better plans for me than I have for myself. So I want what you have in heaven to come into my life on earth. 
So I submit my will to him. And I ask that his will and his provision would come into my life. Then I pause for a moment. And I just wait and see because sometimes God will drop impressions in my heart. People say, well, does God really talk to us? Yeah, but usually it's through his word or through simple impressions. Very rarely do people hear an audible voice from God. It does happen, but I've never heard an audible voice from God, but he's dropped some things in my heart that rattled so loudly I couldn't miss it. If I start with submission, then I align myself with what he wants to do in my life. Your kingdom come, your will be done in me. If something's out of alignment, if something's not submitted, it gives him a chance to say, hey, we need to work on this right here. Or I want to do more in this area right there. Starts with submission. Number two, petition. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, I got to be honest with you. When I pray and I walk through this outline of the Lord's Prayer, sometimes I'll get stuck on one point and stay there a long time and never finish the other points because God's dealing with me. He's working in my heart. But he said, after you've submitted, he said, you need to petition or you need to ask for what you need. Give us this day our daily bread. Let me ask you a simple question. How do you live life? And how do you live life with God? One day at a time. So Jesus said, when you pray, see, people say, well, do I have to pray every day? No, you don't have to. But it's really nice to have God involved every single day because we live one day at a time and we need his involvement every day. Some of you, after the dreams you have at night, you really need to get God involved in your life in the morning, first thing. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus taught us to ask. It's humbling to ask. It's humbling to say, I don't have this. I can't do this myself. Or it's really foolish to just say, well, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit here and let God do everything. But if I partner with God and say, God, there are things I can do, things I can't do, things I can't provide for myself. Here's what I need today. Can you provide for me today the things that I need today? Give us this day our daily bread. Ask for what you need. Ask for what he has promised. Jesus talking about prayer in Matthew 7 said, you ask, you seek, you knock. If you ask, you receive. If you seek, you find. If you knock, things are open to you. But then Jesus goes one step further and he says, you know, you have a sinful nature, but if your children come to you asking for things, you do your best to give them what they're asking for. How much more does our heavenly father want to give his children the things that we need and ask for? Friends, hear me today. God wants to get involved in your life and provide the things you cannot provide for yourself. He wants to be involved, but he's looking for an invitation. Ask, ask, ask for what you need. Ask for what he has promised in his word and then ask for his will and his way of doing things because he's rarely going to answer your prayers the way you want him to do it because he's God and he knows a better way, a more creative way. So pray and leave it in his hands and let him work. And after you've asked, just pause and listen. 
See if God doesn't drop something in your heart. Number three, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Life has a way of getting cluttered, does it not? I love the way Jesus worded this. Forgive us our debts as we forgive other people. Now, there's a whole message here. I don't have time to preach it. But Jesus said, if we have unforgiveness going this way, it stops unforgiveness going this way. That's what Jesus said. If you've got bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart, God's not going to hear your prayer and forgive you. It's not my words. That's Jesus' words. But here's the thing. Jesus, in his teachings, tied our walk with God to our walk with people. And he said, number one, you've got to love God with everything you've got, and then you've got to learn to love people the way you love yourself. And so part of this prayer is, God, forgive me. How many of you, let me ask you a question, how many of you would like to pray a prayer today and have an answer right now? Okay, pray this, repeat after me. Forgive us our debts because I forgive people who have wronged me. Now get real quiet. And who did God bring to your attention? See, that's a prayer he answers like right now. God, if I got bitterness and unforgiveness in my heart, show me so I can make it right. Boom! God throws people's, people's faces in front of you immediately. Well, God doesn't answer prayer. I promise you, if you pray that one, he'll answer it right now. Because it reveals what's going on in your heart. And you see, there's, we get cluttered between us and God because, let's be honest, None of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. Not even Pastor Corey. I promise you, he's far from perfect. I see him several days a week. He is far from perfect. Amber's pretty close. Corey's got a long ways to go. None of us are perfect. We make mistakes. First John 1 John 1.9 says when we make a mistake, come to God and talk to him about it. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from unrighteousness, and we can move on with life. But God is willing to forgive us, but then he says you have to be willing to forgive others. Otherwise, you get this clutter in your life that begins to affect how you live, how you see things, how you do things. And then you start carrying this stuff. And the first thing you know, you're sitting on judgment, in judgment on everybody around you. And that's a dangerous place to be. When I stop and say, Father, if there's anything in my heart that's wrong today, any place I need correction, if I need correction somewhere, God will bring it up immediately. If I get still and listen, he will show me and give me a chance to respond to him. And the fourth thing, direction. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil or from the evil one. Every day of my life, I think pretty much without fail, every day of my life, early in the morning when I'm alone having my quiet time, I pray, God, guide my steps today. Help me guard the words of my mouth. Help me to say what you have to say and not what I want to say, because sometimes what I want to say is wrong. God, I've got decisions to make today. I need your wisdom for this day. In the decisions that I make, show me which way to go and which way not to go. Lead me in the right way and lead me away from the wrong way. Some of you have got decisions to make today, tomorrow, this week. 
You need to start talking to God about it. God, direct me. Direct me. God, you show me which way to go, and I'll go. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. If you'll talk to God, he'll answer you, I promise you. Talk to him. Talk to him. And you see, God is concerned about my heart. He's concerned about my attitude, and he's concerned about how I process the challenges that other people bring into my life. So if I talk to him about it, he helps me process it correctly. And then after I've prayed that prayer, get still and just listen because there may be plans I have that day that God will just check me and say, eh, now you don't want, you don't want to go do that. You don't want to go there. You don't want to say that in that conversation. You, you need to correct some things before you get there. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. One last little thing here. Did you know we have an enemy of our souls? Did you know that? How many of you know we have an enemy to our spiritual life? Do you know that? Scripture calls him the devil. He goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he's a schemer. He's a plotter. He will throw stuff in your way trying to get you to fall into a trap. If I every morning stop and say, God, direct my footsteps. If I'm about to step into something, the Spirit of God will say, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, don't step in that. Have you ever stepped in something you wish you hadn't stepped in? God can guide you away from that. Seek God's direction. Do you have questions? Are you confused about things? Talk to God about it. And then listen to him. So four things. Submission. Submitting myself to God. Petition, asking for what I need. Checking my heart, forgiveness. And then direction. Jesus said, pray for those things and God will give it to you. Then we come to the end. And, and, I, and I said this at the beginning of the message, or the beginning of this part of the message. Every conversation has a beginning and has an ending. You meet someone for coffee, you talk for a while about whatever you're going to talk about. When you're finished, almost always you say, hey, thanks, man. I appreciate your time, and I appreciate your input, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then you walk away. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's a statement of faith that says, God, I've laid all of my life at your feet. I trust you with it. I trust you to lead me, guide me, direct me. I trust you to keep my heart in check. God, I believe your blessings are going to be all that, I ha- all that I need today. I put everything in your hands, and I trust you with it. How you work stuff out, when you work it out, where you work it out, God, I put it all in your hands because I know you're God, and you will work all of this out for my good. And then you say this, amen, which means so be it. I put it in your hands. I leave it there, and I let you work. Closing this morning, Jesus told a story one day. It's really interesting. I don't have time to read it. I wish I did. It's found in Luke chapter 18. and It says that Jesus spoke a parable to teach people that they should always pray And not lose heart, not give up. Not give up on your prayers. See, there's an appointed time for God to answer. 
And sometimes we give up before we get to the appointed time and we go to plan B or plan C. But Jesus said that always we need to pray and then not give up, not lose heart. And he said there was this guy, he was a judge. And he did things his own way. He didn't fear God. He didn't care about people and who they were and what they were. He just threw out his own judgment. And one day this widow came to him and said, man, there's this guy taking advantage of me and I need you to help me. He's my adversary. The judge said, no, 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 I don't want anything to do with it. It's a little matter. I don't want anything. She just kept coming and kept coming. And finally the judge said, you know what? I don't fear God. I don't care who people are. Reputation doesn't mean anything to me. But if I don't do something for this woman, she is going to keep coming until she drives me nuts. And so he gave her what she asked for. And then Jesus spoke these words. It says, Shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? In other words, though God doesn't answer immediately, does that mean he's not going to answer? Man, we live in the age where we push the button and we get it right now. And we think, when I pray, God's got to give me an answer in 30 seconds or it's not coming. There's a time, there's a season when God answers prayer. And sometimes it seems we've got God on our clock and he's not responding quickly enough so we get frustrated and give up. But Jesus says, I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. That word speedily in the original writing means he will avenge them at the correct moment and the correct time. He answers prayer at the moment it needs to be answered. Then Jesus closes with this. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth? Prayer is an expression of my faith in God. I pray because I believe God will get involved in my life and answer my prayers. Here's what we're going to do. I'm about three minutes late. How many will give me three minutes? If two or three agree, it's done. So it's done, all right? Here's the deal. I'm going to pray. But before I pray, I just want to say this. Maybe you're here today, and maybe you've never really put your faith in God. And and maybe one of the things that's kept you away from God is just religion and religious ideas that you've heard from people. And it's like, man, I, I don't need that. But wouldn't you love to be in relationship with the God of this universe who loves you so much he put his own son on a cross to bring you to himself? Wouldn't you like to know God and have him involved in your life? Wouldn't you like to be in right standing with him? Scripture says if we do, we can come to him. We can walk away from our old life, come to him and start a new life where he becomes first our savior, where we realize our sins have separated us from him, but he washes away, wipes away, and forgets about those sins, brings us into relationship with himself and says, here, let me do life with you. Let me teach you my ways. Maybe you're here today and that's you. I want to pray one prayer before I pray a mass prayer, especially for you. If you're watching online, if this hit home with you, that's God knocking on your heart. You need to open your heart today. So, As I pray this prayer, wrap your heart around these words. Let my words become your words to start your journey with God today. Let's pray. Father, I come to you and I need your help. I need your forgiveness. I need you in my life. Please forgive me of my rebellions and my wrongdoings. But I believe you sent a Savior to die for my sins. 
And I accept what he did on the cross as full payment for my wrongdoing. And I turn my heart to you. I turn from an old life. I turn to this new life you promised. I want to learn it. I want to know it. I want to live it. So from this day forward, you're my God. Jesus is my Savior. He becomes the Lord of my life. Teach me your ways, and I will follow you. So from this moment forward, you're my Father, and I'm your child. And I thank you for receiving me, starting me in this new life. I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I want to pray real quickly the Lord's Prayer, just a simple way. And I want you to hear this. I want you to wrap your heart around it, and I want you to learn from it today, okay? Father, I come to you today, and I lay my life at your feet. I honor you because you're my God. You're my Father. You care about everything going on in my life, and I give everything back to you today. God, I submit my will to you. God, you know things I don't know. You're so great, so wonderful. You make no mistakes. So God, I look to you today and I ask that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done in my life today. And Father, if there's anything out of line with your will, please show me today as I wait on you so I can make corrections and follow you with all of my heart. I submit myself to you today. And Father, I pray that you would give me today the things that I need for life. God, you know the things that I'm facing today, and one by one, God, I lay them before you, and I, I talk about them. My children, my grandchildren, my wife, my daughter-in-laws, everything you put in my hands, all of the things, possessions. Father, I lay it at your feet, but I ask that you would bless every area of my life. And Father, these are the things that I need today. And I talk to you about those things one by one, and I ask for your help. According to your word, I ask for your help. And then, Father, I pray today that you would forgive me of my mistakes, my sins, my wrongdoings. God, anything that I'm aware of, even maybe something that I didn't realize I had done, if there's somewhere where I failed you, please show me. I want to turn from that, and I ask you to forgive me today. And Father, if there are people in my world who've wronged me and I'm carrying unforgiveness and bitterness, rage towards them, please show me now and show me how to correct that. As I wait upon you. Then, Father, I pray for your direction today. For everything that I do this day, all my conversations, all the things I put my hands to, every place that I go, I ask you to direct my footsteps, direct my words today. God, if there are any traps out there in front of me, any potholes, let me see them so I don't step into them and injure myself or injure others. Lead me away from temptation. Lead me into your perfect will. Father, all my life today, I take it and I just lay it at your feet. I ask you to work. Make me aware of your presence all day long. And Father, if there's something I need to know, please let your spirit just knock on my heart and make me aware that you need to talk to me and help me to respond to you. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. I trust you with all of this today, and I walk out this day with you and your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, two things before we go, and I have 20 seconds to finish. You pray that prayer very slowly, 
And where there's a lot of detail, you insert the detail. Where there's not a detail about that day, you just move on through to the next part. Bible doesn't say you have to pray an hour or 45 minutes or even 30 minutes. It just talks about continually having conversations with God. Continually talking with God. Now, the first prayer we prayed, if you're in the house today or you're watching online, and you've never accepted the Lord, or maybe you're the prodigal, you've been on the run for a while, but you've decided it's time to start walking with God, we want to help you get started. We've got a little booklet, simple tool called The Next Seven Days, Simple reading, a little bit for each the next seven days to help you get started walking with God, understanding God's plan for your life. We want to give it to you. When service is over, we'll have prayer teams at the front of the building. They're just everyday people like you and me. They're here to pray with you for any need you might have. If you just walk up to one of these teams and say, can I get the booklet? They'll give it to you right there, no strings attached. If you've got questions, you want prayer, they'll help you. If you just want to get it and go, that's fine with us. We want to get you started walking with God. If you're in a big rush, out in the lobby at the info center, you can stop by there and say, can I get the booklet the pastor talked about? They'll give it to you right there. No strings attached. Can we just put our hands together and welcome new believers into God's family? God bless you. We want to do life with you, so get connected with God. Get connected with the Bridge Church. And then the last thing, I just want to say thank you again this week for your giving you know, it's funny how some people know when we're getting ready to do an offering because they jump and run for the doors. It's amazing how that happens. I just want to say thank you for your giving. There are a number of ways you can give. Thank you for your faithfulness. We appreciate it so very much. Our church is moving forward because God is faithful and you're faithful in your giving. So thank you today. And I want you to have a great, great week. We will see you next Sunday. God bless you.